It's a Bumblecast Mini, sponsored by Madeline Blue Star 7. Ian, if you decided that Sonic would call Tails Little Bro in Sonic Frontiers, thank you. Please put it in more Sonic media you write. It makes me so happy seeing it in a game and in the IDW comics. I was wondering if you can share if Tails's Knuckles, Amy's, and Sage's stories and the lore of the Ancients and the Chaos Emeralds in Sonic Frontiers was already planned and established by Sega before they brought you on board to write it? Did it Sega also decide that Tails would ask Sonic if he's a burden to him and decide that he is going to purposely not adventure with Sonic for a while and go on his own? And I was also wondering if you can share why that was decided. Uh, in I don't know how much I can draw back the curtain on this, but the core storyline of the islands and the ancients and Sage was largely dictated by Sega and it was up to me to kind of flesh out and realize whereas the individual character stories amy knuckles tales was largely up to me to pitch and navigate um which explains a little bit of why there's a kind of a disconnect there because each one had to be very self-contained but uh the finer details sonic calling tales little bro tales bringing up his own misgivings about his own conduct the tease of tales kind of going off and improving on his own which i hope somebody picks up the torch on if it's not me or you know whatever the next project may be uh those were my pitches and i'm glad they were approved and we were able to realize as much as we could do you both think that it is in character for sonic to outright say if he is traumatized by something such as his loved ones having been in danger Sonic is a type of person to overcome his own negative emotions and situations quickly, but I feel like he would feel differently when it comes to how situations affect his loved ones and their emotions. For example, I feel like it would be different if something like what happened to Sonic and Forces happened to one of his loved ones like Tails. As seen in issue one of IDW Sonic and In Frontiers, while Tails still had trauma after Eggman captured Sonic for six months and Sonic comforted him, as far as the audience knows, Sonic hasn't been bothered by his imprisonment once since he's escaped. Uh, I don't think Sonic is one to dwell on negative emotions and, you know, what is in the past is in the past. Yeah, Eggman got the drop on him and yeah, it sucked for a while and then he got out and he kicked his butt and <laughs> he's going to keep rolling with it. Uh, if only we could all be more like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I think, and it's not really callousness or even thoughtlessness. I just think it's a degree of living in the moment. And if other characters are having issues with it, he kind of has this moment of, why are we dwelling on this? Why is this still an issue? But then realize, okay, this is important to them. I will backtrack a bit and we will work through it. We work through it. You're good now? Okay, cool. Let's go. Vroom. Yep. Have you guys seen any of the anime Fairy Tale? It's one of my favorite anime and it has a lot of Sonic vibes. When I think about long-running anime like this, I think about how much that Sonic X could have continued and could still be having new episodes now if given the opportunity. Sonic X could have had more seasons that adapted more of the games and had other original stories as well. I feel like there could have been more episodes set in Sonic's world between seasons 2 and 3, and season 3 could have been the fourth season, as during the time in the show that season 3 was starting, there was six months of time on Sonic's world before Chris traveled there. I also imagine if Sonic X had anime movies like Pokemon anime do. Would you guys either want to see a return of Sonic X or a new Sonic anime? 
I have not seen Fairy Tale. Have you? No, I haven't. I didn't think so. <laughs> I, Basically, you ask we... me if I've seen an anime. It's a very short list. So I'm <laughs> most likely going to say no. Um, as for anime, I would much rather see a new direction that is closer to what we did with like the Knuckle Short for Frontiers. Something that just kind of focuses on modern Sonic and just have a straightforward cool sonic adventure with nice animation yeah i would like to see it i don't fall back on adaptations don't try to reinvent the wheel with some new gimmick there doesn't have to be a higher lesson to be learned just do something cool with sonic just simple straightforward you know let the characters have their high moments and just be cool and go with it no need to have any gimmicks like, oh, Sonic in the multiverse or anything like that. Don't worry about that. Just do it. Just do it. What are both of your opinions in general on regular human and fantasy-esque humanoid characters in modern Sonic and their roles in art style? Personally, my favorite art styles are regular anime humans like in, like in Sonic Adventure 1 and Sonic X and fantasy-esque humanoid characters in the storybook games and that frontiers with Sage's art style. It fits perfectly. The Jimmy Neutron-esque art style in Unleash and the art styles in Sonic Adventure 2, Shadow, and Chronicles are not my preference, personally. I feel like the hyper-realistic art style in 06 is fine when the humans look like the animation in the game's CGI cutscenes. Pertaining to roles, I think that like, that like in Sonic X, it's cool to see humans accompany Sonic and friends on adventures, and I'd love to see more of this in the future in modern Sonic, such as the games, comics, and animations. Like the anthro-animal characters, there could be some humans who battle and some who don't. An example of types of humans that would fit perfectly in Sonic are fantastical anime humans like those in Fairy Tale, who can battle and use magical abilities. Colors of the Rainbow, as the natural hair color of anime humans, is another fantastical part of anime design that also fits perfectly with Sonic characters. Personally, I am the exact opposite. I much prefer the like Guri Huri style that we saw in Unleashed. Like, yeah. And the more caricaturized characters, because one, that makes more visual sense with Sonic characters, and two, it makes Eggman make more sense. Mm-hmm. Like, Eggman is not normal human proportions. And when you try to force that design on something more realistic, we get what he looked like in 06, and everyone was like, blah, why? No, that's creepy. So this is a cartoon series. When you get down to it, it should be filled with cartoon characters and the realistic humans. I feel really do not jive with that. Um, and I feel like in general, humans should exist insofar as to contextualize Eggman. You know, why is he here? Okay. The world is populated with animals and people. We're good. And that's about it. Because as far as we have seen in the human populace, there are no, like, anime hero humans. The humans, regardless of design, are just mortal people. Eggman is the exceptional outlier, and even then, it's just down to his incredible brain and meticulous mustache. Um, If we start getting into action heroes anime style, then I feel like it starts getting distracted from what the core is, and that's the animal characters they are the quote-unquote anime heroes they have the bright colors they have the crazy hair they have the superpowers there what the series was 
built on. And that is what we come for. This is what they're, they are the driving force. They are the cool thing. I feel like the humans should not be ignored. They have been established and it's kind of hard to sweep that under the rug, but I don't feel like they should necessarily have a huge presence either. Yeah. But what about Sonic man? Well, Sonic Man is something else entirely, man. I mean, there's always the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> He's a special case. I, I I think so, yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I like the more cartoony ones. I mean, I guess some of the anime designs, maybe, like the less detailed ones could also work. It just kind of depends. But I think there's a specific sort of look you can go for that uh, that works with Sonic the best and unleashed is probably closest to that i was wondering about some facts relating to the game tales's adventure are the events of this game the battle cuckoo empire and all of tales's inventions that appear in this game such as t-pup and the sea fox canon to modern sonic such as the games in idw comics or only classic sonic did this game take place before tales met sonic where tales lived on cocoa island or does it take place after where tales vacation here is mentioned in the western instruction manual if it is canon to either modern or classic Sonic, or both, has Tails already told Sonic about what happened during the events in this game? Are the events of this game something that would be a traumatizing memory for Tails? I wouldn't go so far as to say traumatizing, but it was certainly a adventure to remember. I don't know, he was pretty traumatized after he met uh, Fiona. I mean, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong continuity. Uh-huh. Uh, Tails of his adventure is canon where it falls and how it might be massaged into the current understanding of the timeline is TBD, at least publicly. And I would imagine that it is relegated to classic era, at least for now. Um, Classic is canon to modern. It is its past, but there are elements that Sega prefers stay kind of classic branded while others are more like modern branded. Like we are probably not going to see the battle cuckoos in a modern setting anytime soon. And likewise, we're not going to see a classic shadow because shadows sealed away during that era. Yeah. But, yeah. But why though? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you, would <laughs> that's just how it be. I thought you would know. Aren't you Mr. Sega? <laughs> There are a lot of snarky answers I could reply with, but you know what? We're a wholesome show. We're a positive show. We're just going to keep rolling. Uh, you need modern hooligans. Come on. I God, I wish. I know, I know. We just need the hooligans to show up in the games. Mania was a nice, like, tease, but, I mean, we need it for realsies. Yes, bring them back. And honey. We know that before Tails met Sonic, he was bullied and not in a great state in his life. What else were aspects of Tails' life before he met Sonic, such as his home and health? Did he have a workshop on Westside Island? Since he was bullied often, was he able to take care of himself well? Was he able to get his food safely? And was he getting enough to eat and healthy physically? I imagine that after meeting Sonic, his health improved as Sonic started to take care of him. This question is for both modern and classic Sonic universes. Well, guess what? They're all the same now. So. <laughs> I don't believe there's been that much thought put into it. But given that he was able to immediately take after Sonic and go adventuring with him, I figure he was largely fine. Just he had a poor social standing. Well, good thing he turned that around. 
In modern Sonic, did Sonic help Tails build his workshops and pick out the places that they would be? Also, how many canon workshops does Tails have in modern and classic Sonic? If counting the one on Cocoa Island from Tales of Adventure, all workshops in the modern games in the IDW comics and the one in Sonic Channel in January 2021's art. For modern, the number seems to be at least eight. I imagine if Sonic was around, he would help out. But I like to think that Tails took the initiative on scouting and building a lot of these places. It's like, ooh, I've come to this neat place. This would be a good place to set up shop. I think I will. Because he's a ingenuitive little kid he can do that sort of stuff and if sonic is there sure he'll grab some things and if not he kind of just happens upon tails and it's like oh hey have you always had a place here no i built it yesterday ah cool got any chili dogs in the fridge not yet i built it yesterday i'll run to the store i'll be right back (laughs) uh as for the number it's indeterminate uh, he is not quite the vagabond sonic is but i imagine in all their travels together he's scattered out a number of places and set up shop all around the world. How many workshops does Tails have? The answer is yes. All of them. This question is on the topic of locations in Sonic's world. In Tails 2, it was stated that in modern Sonic, anthro-animal people live on islands while humans live in the bigger countries, confirming that they coexist on one planet. Does that mean that every place we see in the IDW comics and in every Sonic game that doesn't have humans besides Eggman are on islands and not countries? Are the cities in the adventure games and Shadow the Hedgehog, such as Station Square, Central City, and Westopolis, located on the same continent as the one that Empire City from Unleashed is on? Uh, You don't have to assume any of that, to be honest. If you see humans milling about, you can assume you're on some kind of continental continent. (laughs) Let me try that again. If you see humans around, you're likely on a continent. You're within a human country. And if you see animals around, you're most likely on an island. But that's not like ironclad. Like there could be a animal uh, village, city, community, whatever, on the edge of a continent. There might be a human island out there. And the two travel between the two freely. It's not like they're locked off from each other. But it's kind of a general blanket explanation of why you only see certain groups in certain regions. They just tend to congregate there. The islands are countries, though. They're all countries. Everything is a country. I don't know about that. Is there any official lore to the backstories of how Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, and Sticks met in the Boom universe? Should we assume that they were all born on the island? Specifically with Sonic and Tails, is Tails' backstory similar to modern in what his life was like before he met Sonic? I was also wondering if you guys have any headcanons that you could share since the entirety of the Boom franchise is either permanently done or on a long hiatus for now. I think we've shared most of our headcanons for Boom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... Man, it's been so long. I don't think there's any established backstory, or if there is, I was never privy to it. Uh, Rise of Lyric, from what I recall, seems to imply it's the first time you're meeting Styx. She also kind of talks like a caveman, which is weird, but eh, what are you going to do? I think Knuckles, in passing, mentions Angel Island in one of the Boom episodes, implying he might be from there. But beyond that, I think it's just the four slash five of them hang out and are good buddies. I don't know if there's anything greater than that. I don't think it's really supposed to be supposed to be anything greater than that. 
I mean, I wouldn't mind necessarily that, you know, we have parallels to some of the meetings like tails was someone who needed inspiration and Sonic was there for him or, you know, Amy was in need of help and Sonic was there for her and that inspired her. And she decided to, you know, tag along with him. But beyond that, I don't really know. All right. A little over a couple of years ago, I asked Evan Stanley on Twitter if Tails had coffee in the first page of issue number 33 of IDW Sonic, and she replied saying, let's pretend it's decaf. I replied saying, I imagine how hyper Tails would be if it wasn't. Does Tails drink coffee often or only occasionally? In Sonic's world, can the anthro people younger than adolescents have a lot of coffee and caffeine safely, like older anthro people without it disrupting their health? Or would it affect their system the same way it would humans? Generally speaking, I think it's safe to assume that their physiology is parallel to humans. So, you know, it's not a good idea to ingest too much caffeine, he said, to no one in particular. Certainly not the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tails, I don't think he drinks coffee too often, but, you know, maybe he just likes the taste. Maybe he, it makes him feel older and refined, but it's decaf because he knows better. <laughs> Maybe he just likes the smell. Could just be that. Doesn't even have to drink it. Just smells it. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> Wait, you're supposed to drink this stuff? I thought it was just aromatherapy. Yeah. <laughs> very, very expensive and involved aromatherapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We know Shadow eats the beans, so... <laughs> 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 and yet he always acts like a big sad sack. <laughs> this is me when I'm hyper. Yippee. <laughs> How do you both feel about a franchise or a piece of media of a franchise opening with a character narrating about who they and their world are? Personally, I prefer the show-don't-tell approach of storytelling without first-person narration, where characters and their worlds are introduced from the script as it progresses. I think that first-person narration fitting depends on the intention of conveying the emotion of the character and the overall feeling of the piece of media. For example, the first film of How to Train Your Dragon opens with Hiccup narrating, and it fits beautifully with the music and shot design that conveys the feeling of an epic movie and franchise starting. It really does depend on the project. Like, Avatar The Last Airbender has a fairly complex premise uh, for its episodic nature. So having that condensed history lesson told by Katara really does help understand what you're getting into. If you know, you jump in five episodes, 10 episodes without having seen the beginning of it. Um, otherwise, sometimes it's better to just go in straight and let the story itself convey what's going on. But those are usually a little more straightforward or aren't as plot reliant. Like with Avatar, even if it was fairly episodic, it was building towards a greater goal. Aang learned things. The group came together and evolved in different ways. Whereas something like Set AM, most of those episodes are standalone outside of a few highlights. Largely, you can pick up any Sonic episode and know what's going on. It's the Freedom Fighters fighting the overwhelming might of Robotnik. There you go. That's not too hard of a sell. I mean, I guess the theme song does kind of tell you a bit, but ah, it's something else entirely. <laughs> Tells you about Sonic. <laughs> That's about all. I mean, yeah, that he can really move and that he's got an attitude and he's the fastest thing alive. The yeah. fastest thing alive. 
the fastest thing alive. <laughs> yes, that's about it. That's all you really need, though. That's all you need to know. He's the blue streak that speeds by, and he's Sonic the Hedgehog. He's too fast for the naked eye. Put some clothes on that eye. <laughs> How big is idol culture in the world of modern Sonic? Is it mainstream or niche? There was reference to Hatsune Miku in one of the IDW issues with cyber singer Mika. So I assume that virtual idols are popular in that world as well. I would imagine it's something comparable to what we have in our own world, where they're incredibly influential within their circles, and then outside of it, they're kind of an oddity. Um, I could see it. But, you know, I'm not, like, super big into it myself, but I am appreciative of the technology and the culture, so I guess there's that kind of middling outlier as well. But Mm. I would say it's fairly close to what the real world has. Yeah. I mean, Nicole is kind of a virtual idol except she's not an idol really she's just a person. she's very active <laughs> but, idol yes. active i mm. <laughs> uh, nicole could be a vtuber maybe she should be <laughs> tails is sonic is well all right one last question what villains from generation four of my little pony or modern sonic would you write to be the main ones in a sonic and mlp crossover story for MLP villains, Tyrek or Cream Chrysalis would be some of my choices, and Eggman and Starline would be some of my choices for Sonic villains. I guess you gotta have Eggman. I mean, yeah. Um, legally required by law. <laughs> uh, I mean, Chrysalis is super cool looking, but she's also creepy. But, you know, maybe you can play with that in Starline's, like, magical resurrection through her power, perhaps. Also, um, I've been told it's T-Rex, not not T-Rex, Tyrek, whatever I said. I don't know, man. I know nothing. I, it looks like Tyrek to me, but I get you. Uh, T-Rex, I'm not as familiar with him, but he might be the kind of uh, overlording overlord that would be kind of fun to contrast with Eggman. I'm not super familiar with the MLP villainy, so it's hard for me to say off the top of my head. I mean, they were the kind of go-tos for the Transformers crossovers, so there's clearly precedent set there. Maybe it would be better to mine a different villain just for variety's sake. I don't know. Hmm. 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 I have no idea. I'm being told you have to now binge all nine seasons of My Little Pony. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. About that. No. 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 Not until IDW says, hey, you're writing a My Little Pony Sonic crossover now. <laughs> I, I can do other research other than watching Days of Ponies. <laughs> but I'm also being told, eh, you only need to watch the first four or five. <laughs> Possibly. I, I don't even know how long these seasons are. Probably way too long. How long are these episodes? 20 minutes a pop? That adds up yeah. quick. <laughs> I, mean, I watched most of season one. It was cute. I also watched the movie, but I don't really remember most of it. I have not seen any of it outside of clips and memes. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Thank you to Madeline Blue Star 7 for sponsoring this mini. If you want one of your own, head over to patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, or become a YouTube member. Standard outro here. Standard outro here.